live streaming. We're live. We are. Yeah. <laughs> it says we're live. All right. Well, I think we're going live twice. Give me one second here, folks. <laughs> All right. That works for me. Stop that. Bring this down. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, we are live uh, for week four. I apologize about last week. That was completely COVID's fault. But Chad, how are you, sir? I'm good as always. Thank you. It's good to good be back. back. Yes. Great to be back. We got some fun stuff. We got some call-ins today. We have some uh, whatever the hell we want going on today. And ladies and gentlemen, we have sponsors reaching out to us already. So get in and get early. We are fielding offers, as they say. So yeah, there's that going on. Are you excited that we avoided a government shutdown so we could still send Ukraine billions and billions? Oh, very much so. Yes, yes. That's a great thing. I, I, apparently, they were going to get funded anyway if we even shut if, if we shut it down. So they were going to get their money anyway. So, you know, is that, that true? Was, that was the talk. Yeah, the DOD was still going to fund Ukraine, either, even if the government shut down. So our soldiers wouldn't get paid. Right. But Ukraine would get, I mean, you know, it's, it's, you know, you got to keep the money laundering going. So, you know, it's par for the course, as they say, America last. That's how America it works. Last. I know. Uh, I saw President Trump voted uh, or posted something earlier. He said, um, if I am president again, there will be gas cars and there will be no children getting sexual gender reassignment under his watch, which to me, sounds like pretty logical way to go, but uh, I don't know. It's the upside down world lately. Oh well, I mean, yes, we're. I always put clown world upside down world. It's like you know, logic escapes you know half the country at this point, and it's just uh, un unbelievable. It's when, you know, it's it's a trip. It is a trip, man. When the Democrats are for war and the Republicans are like, well, maybe we should dial it back a bit. It's a bit strange. I mean, I mean, I don't isn't, isn't that completely friggin' flipped on its head, too? It's like, what? You know, oh. the Democrats used to be like not they didn't want to send anyone overseas. They didn't want to fucking get involved about all these wars. And the Republicans were like, let's do it. You know? right. <laughs> not that that's a great thing, obviously, but it is completely 180. But, you know, there's. They're all benefiting from this war. That all is their, all their corporatocracy cronies are benefiting benefiting from it. The military industrial complex, you know, most of that money flows flows to Ukraine and then right back into Raytheon and Lockheed right. and Boeing and all the big companies here that make all that shit. So, you know, great. There's, yeah. There's no kickbacks going on, I'm sure. Where's my kickback, though? I mean, I could hop on board if I was getting a little something under the table here. I mean, I could easily be flipped. <laughs> well, that's that is what draws people into doing this bullshit, you know, money. I, I really do wonder. I mean, I'm being facetious when I say that, but I really do wonder how hard it is once you do get into the government to actually stand on your morals and, and do what's right, not only for the American people, but for, uh, you, you know, well, yeah, for the American people, that's really what your job is. So I kind of wonder, you know, how quick that transition goes from, yes, I'm for America to, oh, I'll line my pockets and shut my mouth. I think it's very hard to do, and it happens on both sides. I'm not blaming right. any side for that. It happens on both sides for sure. Absolutely. But I think you're seeing a little bit of it right now. Love him or hate him. Matt Gates is like trying to stand up against it and He's getting pounded right now. Everyone's like, oh, he's a traitor, blah, 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 blah. It's like, you know, he's trying to to 
do something. Well, I guess Speaker McCarthy ran to be speaker on, you know, not funding Ukraine and doing all these things. But right. it's basically a uniparty at this point. I mean, uh, Senator McCarthy is from what I've seen, like I think Congressman Congressman McCarthy, excuse me. He's the I'm sorry. Head of the Congress. I believe he's been having like strokes or something up at the podium, though, like where he's almost they're asking him questions and he's kind of lost. Is that? Oh, no, that's McConnell. That's Senator oh, McConnell. McConnell. McCarthy, McCartney is the Speaker of the House. Ah, Pelosi. Gates, is, Gates, is a con Gates is a congressman. And he's trying, you know, the, trying to trying to, uh, I guess, uh, get McCarthy show, thrown out as the Speaker of the House. Oh, see, I thought they were trying to get him thrown out because he was stroking up there. I got this whole thing confused. No, that's that's McConnell. McConnell's ah. he's the minority uh, leader in the Senate at this point because Republicans are the minority, and yeah, he's stroking at the at the, gotcha. the podium talking, freezing so, up like control alt reset reset right there. Yeah, that's not okay. But walking and falling down is okay for is what I'm gathering. Yes, or uh, yeah, I mean, listen, we clearly need. At age limits for these people, congressmen, yeah. the president. I mean, it's just ridiculous at this point. Why um, are there no term limits there? I mean, why? Well, there have... should be term limits too, but at least an age limit. 75 years old, you should be sent to pasture and just freaking go enjoy your life instead of holding on like Diane Feinstein to the fucking end. Oh, to the she bitter can... end, 90. Yeah, it's nuts. That's well, crazy. Uh, Bobby, please be muted. We do have our uh, internet pull-up guy here, so if we do need some stuff pulled up, we do have somebody tagging along with us, so keep that in mind, people. If you do hear some background noise, uh, I will be sure to slice his neck off later. Um, but what else is new, man? Anything anything fun Are you now that we're not in dad mode, so to speak? Yeah, I'm, I'm in York right now, just, you know, hanging out here. Hell I, was yeah. playing a little, I was playing a little bit the, the other day on the drums. Rock on, dude. Right you got over there. That going. Yeah, just hanging out and, uh, you know, doing some business here and, you know, going to, going to visit my, my, my friend George. And uh, he's in real re rehab right now for his heart attack and had open heart surgery. And how's he doing over there? He's good. He's come, he's come a long way since, you know, about four or five weeks ago when he almost died. Yeah. And heroic Chad Crazy came to his rescue. Um, let me not to hear real quick, but just ask a different question. Uh, do you find if you don't play the drums for a minute that you pick up the sticks, you're a little rusty? Um, a little bit, but not it's it's more uh at this point it's more strength and uh you know getting the uh the dexterity back. Yeah. How do so. you remember like all those beats that you came up with? Is it something like if say you were to go back out on tour, is it something like you have to like go back, listen to and kind of reformulate type of deal? Um, what I would do here is I usually just hook up my, my, my laptop, plug in some headphones and then play the song down and play along to it. Right. And sometimes it takes me a couple of passes to play it, you know, like it was on the record. Yeah. Um, but to, to go out, like if I was, Task to, to go back out and play with live it wouldn't take me too long to to figure that out get back in the groove sure yeah i mean i've been seeing some of the set lists that they've been that they've been doing which have been fucking cool i wish we you know that's more, zach more that's all zach lloyd by the way i know i yeah. know it should have been given over to zach while we were on tour before but agree um 
yeah, they've been doing lots of cool old stuff that I would want to do. And, um, but it wouldn't, it wouldn't take me too long. It's, it's like riding a bike. It's, you know, it's all ingrained up here. Yeah. Especially a lot of those songs we've played many, 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 many times. So, dude, I don't know why you guys never went into deep tracks, like even like public affection stuff or fucking like some of your uh, outtakes, like deeper is fucking an amazing song that uh, I, like I don't that know how. Too. I don't know how that's a B-side, dude. That is fucking straight yeah. up legit. Didn't make distance to here. I know it's freaking amazing. Yeah. Great song. That was um, that was great time. We used to, I mean, we used to until starting in like mid the mid 2000s We kind of got in the autopilot mode really? and just, you know. And I don't know who was making that decision because I don't know if it was Ed or Chad or whoever was doing it together. I'm not sure, but like it was just, you know. Let's play the hits and then right. same well, set every night. It's like, oh my God, okay, can we do another song? So that it's really, I mean, it's cool. And I'm a little envious to see them doing what I'm they're sure. doing now because I would, I would love to play it. Mother Earth of the Vicious Crowd or forget. Yes. You know, they just played Dance With You the other night. I was like, I love that song. Bring so it great. back. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I'm sure around that time, the inner turmoils of the band weren't, uh, we're all best buds and all that shit. So it might've been hard to kind of been communicating as well as you should. I don't know. Yeah. And back in those days, it was like kind of Ed was his own thing. And the three of us were our own thing and right. should have just been communication. You know, it had been nice. I, I mean, I've said this about when we came back together in 16, it would have been nice if we had a real manager that would be like, Hey, therapy yes you fucking idiots yeah about some shit like let's let's not like let's not let this lack of communication between the the two factions if you will right like, fuck the band up so well uh, i don't want to i don't know exactly how bands work and stuff but i just feel that the marketing around you guys was not what it should be dude like the distance to here should have been fucking number one all over the world that album is ridiculous ridiculous dude i mean it, it's incredible that's one of your best pieces of work ever i have a question on that if you don't mind so of course so there's a there's a lyric on a song called the distance where uh ed says the desert had been done before but i didn't even care and mm -hmm. my mind goes to the doors where they went out to the desert took some acid and started writing some songs and shit was that going on during that album or is I don't know if I was doing acid, but he was living in, in L.A. at that point. I don't know if he drove out to the desert and, you know, checked out the checked out, you know, Palm Springs area, whatever out there. But right. maybe not sure. I've never really like <clears throat> gotten in depth with with Ed on lyrics. Like I never questioned what he was doing. I, I wow. thought what he wrote was freaking cool. And like it would it would express the emotion that I felt with the song in many ways. And uh, so I, that was, I just left him to that. That was his job and he did it sure. very well. And uh, I didn't question it or I'm, I've never really been like a lyric guy. I've never sat down and like read lyrics. Oh, wow. I learned, I learned to sing along with songs like that. I liked like you know, bands that I liked just, just to, so I could sing along with it, whatever in the shower. Right. But yeah. uh, I've never been like the analyze the lyric guy. Oh, yeah. And I've been wrong on so many lyrics before. I'm like singing what I think they're saying. And then when I look it up, I'm like, oh, my God, you are fucking way off there, dude. Oh, yeah. That's always funny. Yeah. Yeah. That's always fun. So so distance to here as far as marketing, like the uh, throwing copper was this certain faction at, at Universal. 
at the time or MCA at the time is like these certain uh, heads of the of the company that right. were all for us at that point. We had built to this point and they went mega and they were all behind it. And then they all kind of got fired or left oh. right after that record into um, into Secret Samadhi. And so we became, even though we were still huge and Secret Samadhi came out number one, Right, a little bit less of a priority compared to like the new faction that was in there and what their projects were. And this is what happens in record companies. So it's politics. It's fucking politics. Well, and then distance to here comes along and it's even less, they're even less of a priority at this point because, you know, Secret Samadhi or Secret Samadhi sold like 2 million as opposed to at the time throwing copper 7 million or whatever it was. A million, 8 million. So it was like, oh, a little less of a priority now. Right. It was, you know, that's what you deal with. But little did they know how like loyal your fan base is and was like, I mean, okay. So maybe it's not uh 20 million per uh, Chad. Am I looking for a three, one, five number? Yeah, that'd be rich. Yep. All righty. Well, yeah, ladies and gentlemen, we have a caller. Let me make sure I can get him up here and he- oh, hello. Hello. Caller. Can you hear me? Hey, John, how are you? I'm doing well, man. Rich. All right. So I got this to work. I'm, I feel like I'm controlling stuff and doing it well. <laughs> yes. Well done, sir. What's up, Rich? How are you today? Hey, Chad. How's it going, man? Good. Ladies and gentlemen, Rich Maxwell, longtime mega live fan and a friend of mine now. Yay. Mr. Appreciate Richard Maxwell, that. Well, thank you for calling. Introduction. You're very welcome. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Thanks so much for having me. Great to talk with you guys. My absolute pleasure. So how, how do you, a fan of Chad's, do you know Chad personally? How, how has this relationship gone on? So, so both. Um, I'm probably one of the, the older school live fans dating back to now going on 30 years, which is uh, a little bit scary to say out loud, but going dating back to kind of the, <laughs> the, the early to mid nineties. And, um, you know, it really all kind of started there, you know, um, it was, it was crazy. You know, I was, I was in college at the time, um, here in upstate New York. And, uh, it, it, it took a while for a lot of the mainstream stuff, you know, back in the day, the way, you know, music was played and stuff like that. A lot of the stuff that was popular probably in, in other parts of the country takes a little bit longer to kind of filter here in upstate New York. But when, when I alone, I alone came through, uh, the, the radio waves and stuff, it was like, you know, it was pretty big. And then, uh, living with some guys in, in, um, uh, at college just started playing throwing copper front to back. It's like, what the hell is that? So, um, and that's, you know, for, this was like right around probably like February of 95. Nice. Um, it was when it really started to get really huge around here. And I think, Chad, I think you guys played a show at SU in 92, I think around around that time. Right. Oh boy. Probably we were playing a lot of colleges, especially <laughs> in New York at that time. We, we played all the SUNYs that we yeah. can think of. <laughs> what but is yeah. SU? If you so that was that was um, it's funny because that was the first show I no, went. Syracuse, right? You're uh, talking Syracuse about Syracuse, University, correct? Sorry. My bad. Yeah, yeah. yeah, sorry, Syracuse University. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so the first live show I ever went to uh, uh, was in in SUNY Potsdam. So Potsdam is like northern part of New York, almost near the border. So upstate New York winters, it's February, snow all over the place. You know, three of my buddies <laughs> up in my 88 Ford Temple, and we're driving up 81 in a blistering snowstorm to get to the show. And like the lineup, though, John, at the time, it was 
um, uh, Sponge and Love Spit Love opened up for live. Let's oh, yeah. Go. I remember that tour. Oh, Love Spit Love was uh, Richard Butler from uh, Psychedelic Furs. Oh, you guys did a sick cover of one of the Psychedelic Furs songs, I believe. Oh, we did a couple. We did Pretty in Pink and we did Love uh, My Way. Love My Way. Yeah, we got to play Pretty in Pink with Richard Butler one time. It was freaking badass. So cool. Hell yeah, man. That's legendary shit right there. Yeah. So, Rich, is it cool to yeah, say so that, that where you live is the movies? So, not where I live now. <laughs> where I grew up is probably the booties. <laughs> uh, in the rural parts of central New York, but I went to a, a small liberal arts college in Syracuse called the Moine College, uh, just down the road from Syracuse University. And um, so we, we made the trek up there, and it was like a $6 ticket, which I didn't have to buy because I drove. Nice. And I just remember the set list, like... Obviously, the openers were were great. I mean, and, and to call them openers, I think, is a little bit of a disservice. But, you know, given, you know, the time, it was just a crazy, crazy show. But uh, live opens up with um, Damn Banana Creek, mm. you know, I think played every song on Throwing Copper and then obviously mixed in some some mental jewelry stuff and then closed with White Discussion in like this really emphatic, just, you know, drops the sticks and walks off the stage. And I was like, what the hell did I just experience? Jealous. Like that just sucked. <laughs> Hell yeah, the passion and the raw energy. I was in our prime, absolutely. <laughs> well, hey, yeah. they say at, 50 at the time, great to sport and the, the backwards Michigan hat, you know, it was that whole, you know, and just very unassuming, just walked off the stage and it was like, you know, just, um, it was, it was crazy. It was crazy. That's, that's where the fandom started was, was right then and there. Just, just write it down. Yeah, uh, Chad, cool. do you know like how fucking cool you are at that point? Like, are you just like, wow, this is like legit as fuck. These people love us. Like, do you guys realize that at that time? Uh, we were definitely excited, <laughs> you know, with what was going on for sure. Um, I, I mean, what, did I did I feel famous? No, really, no, I've never really felt famous so. It's, it's wow. very strange to me, but uh, it was it was very exciting. We were, we were, but we were also kind of traveling around inside this bubble, so we didn't like we knew we were getting played on the radio and stuff, and and people were showing up to see us. But it was it's just hard to explain how you're like inside this bubble, right? And moving around the country, around the world at that point, and you're going like, what's going on? And because you know, how many people are coming to see us tomorrow night? That's what the fuck? That's crazy. Mm -hmm. Right, because 1994 is when Throwing Copper comes out, and then you guys are on this mega tour where you're doing, like, I think, amphitheaters and stuff like that. So you're kind of just touring and not really paying attention to what's going on. And then 1995, Rolling Stones, Artists of the Fucking Year. I mean, let's go. Yeah, and it, it the, I think I said this last show, the, the whole thing progressed to that. It was started in, we started Throwing Copper in clubs, and we ended in arenas and amphitheaters through about an 18 month, 20 month, whatever it was completely on the road, the whole time touring cycle. We had like a week off here and there, but right. like we were on the road the whole time, just grinding, doing shows every, you know, as much as we could, any tours, but it was like, you know, clubs and then theaters and then college, lots of colleges, bigger and bigger venues at colleges. And then all of a sudden it was like uh, our booking agent, I think early in, early in, uh, 95 like maybe she was like yeah we're gonna be doing amphitheaters in the summer and we're like what, what? we're gonna be headlining amphitheaters like we just 
did an amphitheater tour with with WOMAD in 94 with Peter Gabriel and his and that was freaking awesome. We're like, we're gonna oh, be wow. headlining these things next year. Like, what are you talking about? Yeah, get the hell out of here. Yes, so, it was wild. Totally wild. Uh, were you single, married at that point? What where where are we at in our life? Uh, I had a girlfriend at that point that I eventually married in 96. You I know. My God, now amount of tail you could that have. That was that was still my small town. Yeah. I need to have a I need to have a girlfriend and be, you know, that kind of guy thing. You needed to know me at that point. I would have steered you uh, in the right direction. Yeah, well, you know, some things you could look back and do differently <laughs> in your life, but hey, what do you right. <laughs> I'm uh, I'm the it devil. The truth. I'm the devil on his right shoulder now. So get ready, ladies. That's right. So yeah, let's uh, let Rich continue. We took a sidebar on him. (laughs) Sorry, bud. No, great, great rabbit hole right there that we just went down. That's awesome. (laughs) So yeah, I mean, that's from a fandom standpoint, that that's where kind of it started for me. And I was always a fan just of, of drums and just following drummers, you know, just dating back to, to whenever. And just for some reason, just Chad, Chad's timing and the way he fills space is just so, so unique. And it's, it's, unassumingly powerful and just really um it's 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 just really unique i think it's i think all drummers have a bit of a language and it speaks differently to people than than others and for some reason chad just screamed <laughs> you know like it was it was just amazing so i mean obviously from there just um you know found the band you know uh through there um admittedly i did not get to see a secret samadhi show i don't know what happened what what was going on in my life <laughs> at the time i know chad it's a, it's a crime um that's, that's and then great. obviously from from there on yeah like of, of all the tours to miss that one with luscious um, jackson opening up for them i believe was it luscious jackson on that one i always forget i, I saw you in 97 at uh pnc bank art center i think it was called at that point in new jersey and that's yeah. who opened up for you okay so it was luscious jackson that tour and then we did uh what was the other girl band you had open for us garbage no pj harvey oh pj harvey yeah she was part of it too and um who does who did can't fight the see see there what the hell is that's not luscious jackson that was uh can't fight the see there i know i just can't two girls oh damn it i'm sorry yes thank you thank you thank you sorry jeez my mind no problem losing you know i'm losing it I need to take more, uh, more mushrooms or something. Yeah, totally. <laughs> nootropic more. mushrooms, not the, not the. Uh, uh, well, those two, but yeah, nootropic. One of those super vitamins you've been taking, right? You need those super vitamins. <laughs> yeah, I need to get more on the on the the brain stuff, but yeah. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, wow. Luscious Jackson was great, and yeah, it was fun. Those those were fun tours. Next show, uh, Rich, you got to call in. We're all taking the non-nootropic mushrooms. We're gonna be tripping balls on here so get ready to to show that way (laughs) why not (laughs) would sure make things interesting here for me that's for sure (laughs) (laughs) but uh yeah so i mean from there you know just just a huge fan and i think what you know what really kind of sealed just a lot of things you know uh, obviously there's there's the music then there's the people behind the music right that that a lot of fans probably don't get to experience i think that's where where you know especially chad and and you know the circles that he keeps and stuff is just really differentiating from from other people because he's obviously very unassuming you know um, doesn't even know he's a rock star when he's a rock star right like he could you know just like any other any other guy but 
Um, and just to, you know, just being gracious with his fans um, and just really, um, I think that's a huge, a huge thing that, that, that live fans really subscribe to is that, you know, listen, we've had a really, really awesome run for 30 plus years with this band and, and other bands haven't had that kind of runway, you know, right. um, you know, think about bands like STP and others where, you know, boy, imagine what, you know, um, if, if they were together in their original unit, what that would look like type of thing. But, right. you know, obviously live fans have had a huge, huge run, uh, which is great. Obviously there's some ups and downs and, you know, <laughs> some unknowns, right. Uh, it's kind of putting it a little mildly, but, um, but through it all, there's, there's the, the music stuff. So, I mean, um, you know, I think the, the live fans can always say that they're extremely fortunate to have the access, have, you know, the runway that they've had. And a lot of that's because of Chad Gracie. I gotta, I gotta agree with you on that. Uh, Thank you, Rich. Appreciate it. First time I got to like meet CG in person was 1998. And I, he was playing a stone pony and I just went right up to his Range Rover, Land Rover, whatever he was in. And I was like, dude, a big fan. Can I get an autograph? And he was just gracious, man. Like no problem. Signed it for me. And you know, it was, they were just cool, cool dudes. It wasn't like, no dude, I got shit to do back off. It was, he was happy to happy to do it. Yeah. I probably got more stories. Can I just like that? You know what I mean? Just over the years, just, you know, be able to, you know, either, either get backstage with some, some, you know, long time liar friends, Again, some of the older guard, you know, some some of my buddies like a Chris Lenka, uh, who dad knows real well, who's a Pennsylvania guy, you know, probably the the elder statesman of of the freaks of live kind of uh going way, way, way back. Um Chris yeah, played with Z-Man. when they were the gracious few. And um still getting backstage and just, you know, saying hello. And I remember um there was a show down at Penn Peak, uh as part of the Summerland tour. It was actually the summer. I was getting married in July and that show I think was sometime in like May or June. I went up and said hello and said, Hey, I'm going to be out in Vegas. Like you guys are going to be there the day I land for my wedding. So he brings me right over to his tour manager and says, Hey, you know, make sure that these guys, you know, are able to get backstage. So my wife, Brooke and I were able to, as soon as we landed, we hustled over to where they were playing and then got wow. backstage and just kind of caught up with those guys and just again, didn't know me from Adam or anybody else, you know, more or less. And just, it just did that like on the spot. So again, that's just another example of just what, what live fans have, have been able to experience. And again, it's, that's who Chad is. So it's just, yeah, really cool. I mean, he's just a, he's a good dude. It's definitely, there was definitely three. Can't take all this praise. Cool dudes. Oh, my God. There was definitely three <laughs> Thank you. cool dudes in that band. <laughs> One was okay, so to speak, but neither here nor there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's, it's you know, it's, it's, it's funny that you said that because I feel like, you know, like even Ed, you know, um, who I, I've met maybe a couple of times just, you know, and that, those are more recent years. Um, you know, like, you know, I, I, I get it. Like it's, you're, you're getting ready to go on a show, things like that. And and obviously he's front stage. So, I mean, but you know, everybody's got their own, their own personalities and stuff like that. But, oh, yeah. um, I think just over, you know, collectively, uh, the, the group's got a really good, you know, uh, rep, not a reputation, but just in how they treat their fans. So, you know, when the gracious few happened, for example, aptly named, extremely aptly named, you yes. know, um, obviously we know a little bit more now than we knew then. Um, you know, and, uh, it just, it just makes it that more, that more interesting. But, um, that was, that was probably the, you know, the, when I really got to spend a little bit of time with Chad was after it was actually during that, um, that tour, uh, which for some reason was, wasn't as attended as, as you would have thought. Um, I saw them here in Rochester, New York, uh, at the water street music hall and Chad, it was unbelievable because I walked in and there was 15 people at the show. Wow. I'm jealous. It was, a, it was a tough slog. We, we had fun. Yeah. 
we had fun doing it, but it was a tough slog doing that thing. It was wild. It's so weird. I mean, I'm not trying to toot your horn, Chad, because I'm just an honest person, but you could put that Gracious View album on start to finish. There's not a bad song on the album. So again, if that was brought to the masses properly, my God, dude, that would have been another fucking legendary band that you were in because it's just Kevin Martin. His voice is ridiculous. Those lyrics are ridiculous. And then that band is fucking rocking, if you don't mind me saying no, I don't mind. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> His it. head is huge right now. He's <laughs> swelling with love. No, I'm just very proud of that record, but it didn't do it. It's just, be. you know, commercially didn't do crap. So it was just tough. Yeah. The whole thing was tough. Do you attribute that? I'm sorry, uh, Rich, but do you attribute that to what do you attribute that to? Because it's not the music. Uh, lack of funding at the time. Uh, we had funding lined up and then it fell through. And then we had some other funding lined up and that fell through. And just, you know, uh, it was, and we, uh, we we're trying to not do a major label thing. We didn't right. really want to. We want to be independent, you know. Yeah. Oh, okay. Those. So that was that was around the time where you could put out an independent album and not be betrothed to a, a label, and that's what you guys are going for. But some of the funding yeah. for maybe marketing fell through. Oh, okay. That makes mm-hmm. sense. God damn it! I wish I knew a billionaire at that point because I'd be like, dude, this is no brainer. <laughs> Listen to this. We were looking for one. <laughs> right. Well, we they're out there now, so. They're always out there. Yeah, and I think a lot. I think a lot of live fans out there would absolutely love a TGF reunion. Maybe absent one guitar player, right? Just throwing it out there. Yeah, uh, yo, Just let's go. There. Yeah, his. Uh, I mean, I'll give him credit where credit's due. His his uh, guitar parts in those songs were legendary, absolutely amazing. Yeah, absolutely amazing. Do you still talk to Kevin Martin at all? Mm, no, not not. Not not recently. I haven't I haven't spoken to Kevin, but gotcha. I mean, if I saw him, I'd you know and right. ran into him somewhere. We'd have a conversation, but embrace yeah. and all that goodness. So yeah, so, yeah Rich, I'm sorry, brother. I keep interrupting. No, it's no, no, in my nature. No, no, it's it's all good. Discuss. Well, you're the host. You can do that. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> so it's all good. So yeah. So I mean, at, at that point, you know, that's when I really got to. It's funny. I. I um, after the, after that show, I think, uh, Chad was actually working the merch tent, um, right after the show. How cool. Um, talking about kind of how short handed they were. He was selling merch at the so time. Yes. So like, gotta get, gotta get merch. Uh, sold. gotta get out there. Helping out the, <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I'm like, Hey, I want to talk to that guy. Um, so, um, uh, which, which was, that was just a, a very, obviously a very interesting time. So. Um, and then obviously, you know, uh, fast forward to like, uh, you know, uh, uh, they go on hiatus, right. Christian comes on turn comes out, um, which was, uh, again, another, like just an amazing, amazing record. Um, and obviously one, I, I just being a Chad Gracie fan, I felt at the time that, that, that Chad had a lot more freedom there and just really, you know, showed a lot of that off. And there's a lot of powerful stuff, um, in that record, um, uh, like a song, for example, like he could teach devil tricks, which is a very kind of straightforward song, but he just, you know, yeah, uh, there's, there's a lot of powerful stuff at the, at the back end of that. Yeah, exactly. Um, so it, it's funny. So when, when, um, live put that album out, uh, with Chris Shin, they did a release party down at York. Um, and some invites went out and I was fortunate enough to be able to, to go down for that party, get an invite to that party. And 
spent some time with, with, with Chad and um, actually I spent more time with, with Chad's mom <laughs> at that show hey now. Uh, at that party. Uh, I think I talked to Lana for like 45 minutes to an hour. I went up, introduced myself and she was so gracious. It was, and was, you know, sharing stories about, you know, um, you know, back to throwing copper days and stuff like that. And, um, but you could tell where, where Chad got his upbringing from. Cause just a, a, a lovely lady and just was and spent all kinds of time just telling stories and, and, uh, sharing her experiences. So I thought that was just amazing as, as a fan and, um, and stuff at the time. So hell yeah. My mother is the nice, small ex- extrovert side of me. I'm mostly introverted and, and, uh, like my father was <laughs> your mother killer Zeppeli, dude. I, I, isn't that what we had when we were doing our second podcast that from the studio, she made something delicious. Oh, was, uh, what a, a meal she made for us. Yeah. It was like a, a kind of pastry thing with powdered sugar on it. I thought, of, you know, like a Zeppeli or a funnel cake or some shit. Oh, funnel cake. Yeah. Probably. Yeah. Oh my God. If you need a, um, chad gracie's mom funnel cake she should market those things and give them out to every supermarket in the world they're delicious there's lots of stuff she makes she should she should have marketed i told her but right anyway. <laughs> <laughs> well even as, as part of that whole that was a, actually it was a whole weekend it was like an overnight thing so um fans you know for for a fee could actually you know stay at the studio and then um oh, cool. the guys did a tour of like all the different hotspots. So basically saw Chad's old house where they, you know, they formed the band and the, the garage and stuff. Um, yeah, where you guys used to play. I think your dad may have built the, uh, out that garage for you guys or something. If I remember that right. Uh, yeah, he built a, it was a very uh, high garage. So he built a deck in the back, but that's where we rehearse all the time. My dad, my father was a carpenter for many, 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 many years. So he had the skills. And, uh, yeah, he built us a right. deck back there, and then we'd have to run an extension cord down from the house to power everything. And uh, and we get the police calling on us all the time. There's always a police officer net banging on the garage door. <laughs> <laughs> was that an extension cord from your house or the neighbors so we can get some free electricity? That was from my house, but yeah. Uh, no. So, yeah, it was interesting. To say the least. Yeah, and it was like a really cool experience. Like I can't think of any other fans that would have that type of, you know, access and just kind of, and actually rode with Chad. Chad was driving, I was, you know, riding shotgun and we were driving all around. Uh, and there was a bunch of different fans that, you know, there's probably, I don't know, maybe 15 or so at the tour. Um, and actually ended at the Otter Creek. Nice. Uh, I guess like a campground, right, Chad? Um, um, recreation area. It might be a campground there, but it's more like hiking trails and stuff. But uh, yeah, I think there is a campground, but. I got a quick question about that. I feel like, what the fuck were you guys doing? Taking a dead man in a stretcher made of trees and all this shit. Like what was going on in that song, dude? Were you guys killing people and burying bodies back there? Well, you know, people piss us <laughs> off. No, I, that was, uh, you know, that was all Eddie. I mean, we, we did make a dam at Otter Creek. I mean, that, that actually happened. Like nice. so we would, we would hook out of school and go to Otter Creek and, and the, the as it started to become spring and the, that water was so fucking cold, but we build, we would stack all these stones and build a dam where we could swim oh, wow. and make How a big cool. swimming hole. And, right. uh, and I, you know, and then Ed sort of obviously embellished it and be, you know, made it into this, that cool song it is, but like, Oh yeah. You know, the, yeah. We didn't, we didn't carry in dead man to the Creek. But. So he says, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> if there's some CSI guy out there, go ahead, do some yeah. snoop. <laughs> The, the best opener that oh. that 
that the band has. I mean, by far. I mean, that's just yeah, absolutely. And we once we came out with that song, maybe where fishes go is a close second. Yeah, thank you. But once we came out with that song, we knew it was going to open open throwing copper. We just yeah, and then while we were recording it in uh, so right outside of Cannon Falls, Minnesota, a studio called Pachyderm, where actually uh, Nirvana recorded Heart Shaped Box. Oh wow! Um, before us, obviously, um, we we were while we were recording down on Otter Creek. It was like during this fucking huge thunderstorm going on. It was amazing. Oh, so. I feel like in the beginning or something. Can you hear some thunder in the background of that? Like when that album opens up, or is it just guitar static or something? I don't know. It might be guitar static. I don't think any of the thunder actually got into the recording. But, yeah. I mean, could have. Who knows? It just it's a nice eerie opening, and then once you guys come in and you just start rocking it's like holy shit this is fucking nuts yeah for me as a drummer that was modeled off of i kind of modeled it off of u2's exit from joshua tree rock on how that how that that song builds and like and larry's fucking just bashing the shit out of it by the end so hey rich do you agree that i alone is like one of the best songs to hear in a strip club <laughs> well question right and my wife is listening, so babe, it was just that one time. Yeah, he was like in college. Yeah, it was a long time. I was time gonna ago. say you better better put a disclaimer in here. <laughs> <laughs> I'm getting in trouble when I get home. Thanks, Chad. Uh <laughs> I didn't bring it up. <laughs> uh, I thanks, told God. You, I'm the devil, dude. Don't uh the red shirt says all. <laughs> well played. Thank you. But, um, you know, it's, it's especially, you know, being a, a longtime fan, you know, so now going on 30 years, I just I just turned 50 here in September, which is which is crazy. But happy it's, birthday. It's, it's all good. Thanks, man. Um, it, it's seeing like kind of like the next generation, like the next like my my I have a 16 year old nephew, for example, who is just getting big time into music now. Um, he's uh, playing percussion in the school marching band. Shout out to Mountain Ridge High School in Peoria, Arizona. Shout out. Um, my my nephew Braden, who is is just like he, you know, going through that musical journey, and you can kind of see that, you know, kind of adolescence, and and he just like exploring these different things, and I, of course, I'm like, well, you got to listen to these guys, and he just like, just hooked right on to live, and um, actually, I think Chad Chad's talked to him once or twice uh, wow. when he was here visiting, um, and and it's just you know again just inspiring the next generation and now you know bray just like you know he just loves it he just he loves percussion he's just killing it no. um my my seven-year-old son is like air air drumming to chad in the back of the back of the van on on road trips it's so cool to see yeah, um it's awesome. just, it, it started it. now <laughs> transcending generations too which is, is so super cool so to to but um show somebody live who's never heard them before there's nothing cooler than that because they're like what is this and then they're hooked right after a couple of songs it, that's cool rich i like seeing these reaction that's videos cool. now people that never heard lightning crashes or something like that they do these reaction videos on yes. youtube it's like it's freaking wild Pretty and the cool. reactions are great they're like what this is phenomenal listen how these guys are killing it what are they saying they, they always they always on lightning crashes they always react to placenta they're like what the fuck Placenta. yeah Where, that's what, a, how that how that get in the songs <laughs> yeah exactly chad do your, do your kids listen to, to live much no or are they kind of you know kind of sensitized to it now they i don't think that they're putting it on but they they are aware of it and like i usually listen to uh, uh lithium in in my car if i'm listening to radio so sometimes they're it comes on and they're it. like oh it's dad yeah yeah is, is that weird for you to hear it like on the radio and then you're like, oh yeah, that's us. 
no. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> it's I, I I find it weird. I, I like it. I like hearing it. It's like, oh, cool. They're playing us again. I love love it. How does that work? Do they like? Do you get like a couple dollars when they do that? Like, I feel like the with with the. I feel like you guys don't get paid on the way you're exposed uh, anymore. Like back in the day, I feel like you guys would have been getting hit off a lot better than you are. But like with all the streaming and Sirius XM, it's like, how do you keep track of, of all that? And, you know, there is a company called Sound Exchange that keeps track based of all online play at this point, And they pay uh, you on it. So, yeah, it's, it's okay. an interesting. Uh, so there is a company that kind of like like BMI ASCAP, who were you know mostly radio, which is now. Uh, based on internet play gotcha okay and on like streams on spotify artists don't get paid shit right that's a whole different which is bullshit as to why but it's yeah yeah that we i mean i'm a big steve jobs fan but i think he kind of ruined that model and kind of brought the money back to the record industry rather than the artist uh with you know itunes well steve jobs didn't just start spotify but spotify is its own no i know but now but yeah it's kind of led to Spotify. Like, I don't think if there wasn't an iPod, we would have, we would not, you know, I don't think we'd have Spotify. Well, the majors fucked up when, when they tried to destroy Napster back in right. the 90s, they should have embraced it. They could have controlled it and embraced it at that point. And people were willing to pay for it. I think they did a bunch of surveys with Napster users at the time. And they're like, yeah, we, we, we'd pay for this. Right. If it, if it became that. And then uh, instead of embracing it, they tried to destroy it. And that's what, then everyone was like, well, fuck the it. The genie was out of the box. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead, Rich. I apologize. <laughs> no, no. I, I don't I don't want to I don't want to cut in. No, please um, cut me off. I talk too much. <laughs> so so yeah, I mean that's you know, that's been, you know, kind of a lot of the the the, the musical history. And then, you know, when the I think the last the last show I personally went to was down at the Parks Casino in February of 2020. And then we all know what happened, you know, shortly thereafter. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's kind of the the world shut down, but you know, Chad and I stayed in, in in you know pretty close contact through through the pandemic, and and you know worked on some things together and stuff like that. So uh, a lot of a lot of Zoom calls and and uh, you know working on um, some projects and stuff, and just cool. uh, kind of stayed in touch. So I mean, you know, just uh, looking forward to you know obviously what uh, you know getting a lot of things resolved and looking for the toward the future and. You know, um, I think, you know, any, any live fan that's out there, I mean, I would say, I think what, what Ed and, and company are doing is, is fine personally. Um, I, I can't see a live show if Chad's not behind the kit, I just won't do it. Right. Um, they're going to be here. I think in Ithaca, I think in November, they're going to be just down the road from us here in Syracuse and, um, no, no disrespect to Ed whatsoever. I mean, I, I, I respect what he's doing, but, um, it, there's, in my mind, there's no live without Chad and, yeah. Uh, hopefully we, you know, hopefully things can get resolved to where, where that happens Three, sooner rather than later, you. I think for everybody. You're going gonna to so. start a debate, Rich. Now everyone's going to be pissed yeah. off. Well, I think Chad, I that's think it is live. That is live. Blah, blah, blah. It's like funny. Well, I think that, that, yeah, well, it's all the life for that. Yeah. I think that that's the one area that almost all the fans could agree is that there is a weak link in the band now and it's from the percussive department. And don't get me wrong, man. I love what Robin Diaz is doing. I love what he's trying to do, but it's just not what it was. I mean, I don't want to talk shit on the guy because he's a cool dude. He's a nice guy, but he's no Chad Gracie. You know, he's not, uh, he's not the heartbeat of live as they say. 
And, and like I said, you know, you know, dr- the drums by themselves, I think, are are a bit of a language, right? And you put that together in any context with with live, and it just it it's it's not going to sound the same. It's not going to feel the same, and probably for a lot of folks, not have the same meaning. And right. I probably fall in that camp again. No, no disrespect to to Ed or anybody else in the band uh, whatsoever. It's just you know, from a personal standpoint, I mean, I know there are a lot of Ed fanatics out there, and, and there you know, Ed is live and all that stuff, and you know, whatever. Um, you know, he gets his due. I mean, he's a phenomenal lyricist and, and singer performer. I mean, he he deserves all of that. Sure. Um, but you know, it with it under the context of live, um, in in my opinion. Um, there, there's no lie without Chad. So, yeah. um, listen, I'll take, I'll take a half a life. <laughs> yes. I'll take Chad and Ed, you know, I I'll, I'll go to that show any day of the weekend twice on Sunday. Cause again, I, I, I don't want to talk about the previous band or the new band, but the rest of, you know, what I'm seeing coming out of those guys is phenomenal. Zach Loy is ridiculous. Their basis is Patrick Delheimer level or, or better or just as good, whatever. But I'm just saying from somebody who's been to the shows and heard, clips there you could hear it the weak link is in the back you know turn my head's coming on and what are you trying to play over that it's not it's not it um so yeah yeah, i mean it's it just i I, you can't say it's a fact but it's almost a fact that there's a weak link and it's coming from the percussive department department so i'm not listening i'm not listening to anything later yes I haven't listened to any any of the new. I haven't listened to any of the new band. You I, should check it out just so you can see, dude. I mean, I don't want to check it out. It's gonna it's uh, gonna probably make me angry. Yeah, <laughs> what's going yeah. on with the drums? And sure. and as you said, no. I, I haven't either. I've heard clips. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No. No. I mean, at, you know, Robin filled in admir- admirably for you. Yep. Um, but you're still playing one handed, so you're still getting some of those hi hat snare combinations and even, you know, one handed. Um, but you know, it, it's apparent. You know, it's it's like when Local 717 came out. Um, I told a mutual right. friend when that came out, there's no freaking way that's Chad Gracie playing drums. Wow, no good for you, Rick. No way. It was when it first came out, and, you know, um, it, it wasn't met with a response, but it was like, okay, yeah, I can see what you're saying or whatever. And I just, I, I knew it. I, I got through maybe half of that EP, and I just, I had to stop listening. It's like, yeah, this, yeah. Is, this is garbage. My I own person, some people opinion, noticed. Not part of the show. <laughs> But there's just, there's just no way. I just, but yeah, I figured some people noticed that. So, that was all, it, you know, that was all. Uh, that whole thing was was produced and run by one guy who decided to do a little power trip on me, and you know, and then and then blames me for it, which is hilarious. But ego is a funny, does. ladies and gentlemen. Ego yeah. is a funny thing. It's like, oh, I replaced you with another drummer on songs, and you're supposed to now tell everybody that's you playing, but but and you don't like that well that's your fault <laughs> right right i mean but being a consummate team player yep. who goes along with it right and you know um and and you know that's just uh again testament chat is but i mean you know doing the what's what's best for the group not necessarily for him personally right and you know we don't know how that all that turned out but not well <laughs> to say the least <laughs> I did play on the Venus and Purse thing, so I did play. Uh, that was that was an amazing cover, dude. Like, talk about wow! That was I, the coolest I, part of that EP was was Venus and Purse. Everything else, was totally. Like, I don't know, which is crazy, Chad. Because again, I've heard those couple songs that you guys were like putting, trying to develop for that next album that was supposed to come out. And my God, dude, you guys were back to old form. The shit sounded amazing. Like, 
I think I heard three new songs and then a re um, you guys like kind of did I alone in a newer way. And wow, dude, you guys were killing. I'm like, why was this not on the EP? Uh, but I was told because they, these were potentially for a new album rather than just the EP. But wow, dude, those new songs were killer. Thanks. Yep. There were some cool ones. We, we played one of one or two of those a few times live, but. Oh, yeah. how cool. Mm hmm. Yeah, there should be a B-Sides coming out at some point, right? I mean, there's so many amazing outtakes from Throwing Copper and Secret Samadhi and The Distance to Hear. Uh, my personal favorite, Susquehanna. I don't know how that does not make Throwing Copper, personally, but... Um, it was tough to keep that one off, yeah. Right? What song do you pull out of Throwing Copper and put Susquehanna in? Right. I don't know. That's was that a time thing? Because it seems like it, like you could have had maybe an additional song on there. Oh, I would have no, it, was, it was timing was you know CD timing length at that point the amount of songs you can pack onto a CD was, was limited. Gotcha. No, it was just one song we couldn't get on. But there. that would have fit so well on that album, like it just sounded like oh that's a throwing copper song. Yeah, it was written during that, oh, that time. Quite. Yeah, right, right. There's another song called Cheetah that was. I think the other little tidbit. I'm sorry, Chad. There was a song called Cheetah that was I think was gonna we're trying to get on secret samadhi but we did maybe it's throwing copper but it was that's a cool song too i think it was kind of in between the two like maybe yeah. you wrote it at the end of throwing copper because you were starting to perform it during like the end of 95 96 type of deal okay yeah so yeah i get, I get a little confused on timelines at this point but yeah oh i don't know <laughs> even know how you remember that shit. i don't know how i remember that shit the amount of um pot i was smoking at that time should have me <laughs> but hey now and uh, photograph also off of uh, the secret smile. I think was another outtake, which was mm -hmm. yep. That's a good one. Mall rat, mall uh, rat, another good one. Mall rat, yeah. yep. <laughs> so uh, that I don't know if, be... if a lot of people knew though. Sorry, I was just sorry. Say, I don't know if a lot song. of people knew on um, on on throwing copper that actually Chad did sing background vocals on one song. I think maybe two. Which one? Which I don't think a lot of people knew. I sang on I alone, and I sang horse on and... horse. I alone. Oh yeah. wow! On on mental jewelry, I sang on Painless and Riverside and and Operation Spirit and a few others. Yeah, man. For for I guess somebody who's not had vocal training, and I'm gonna give Chad Taylor this too. Like the way you guys blended your voices was kind of cool, man. It uh, it worked on the album. Thank you. Yeah, I would always sing the high parts, kind of like a. And it's funny to figure out that Roger Taylor was doing that on all the Queen stuff, like super high parts. That was Roger Taylor. It's amazing. Oh, no way. Yeah. Hey, Rich, but uh, to get back to Mallrat and Photograph, uh, where do you, where did those come from? Like, in other words, if they weren't released, this had to be released by management, the band kind of behind closed doors type of deal. Oh, Anybody we, we have no idea how all those B-sides got out. We have, I have no idea. Are there B sides day. that haven't There's gone out? on the dark web? I think because I remember downloading them like in somewhere in the early 2000s or something. Yeah, there's like these you know these these websites that were out there. It's like, oh, what's this? What's this outtake? And some were definitely studio versions. Oh yeah, I think they yeah. all. Were. Um, but but um, I I don't know I don't know I know who to ask though. But I don't know yeah, they had to leak. They had to have leaked out of the record company somehow because. And and to answer your question, I don't think there's anything that's not been leaked. Except for the three songs from your last, you know, that was, well, yeah, that. Yeah. Okay, cool. Cause I was like, if they have these songs that have not been released and all of them are as good, if not better than what they put out, like 
what the hell else are we missing? So I'm glad that there's not much, if any, because uh, that wouldn't sit well in my brain, not being able to hear it. And Chad, weren't there some, were there some songs lingering off the Gracious Few album that hit the, that didn't make it to the final album? Is there some of those that are still out there? Uh, there was one called Great Houses. Do I heard Fall one like that we played. I don't know if it was true. Yeah, there's one that we call Great Houses that we played a few times, um, recorded after the record, and then we did that cover of uh, uh, the Depeche Mode song, which was really cool. Oh, right. Who chose to yep. do that cover? I, I heard both those live. I think that was Kevin. Nice. Yeah, those were really good. Really, really good. I'm so upset, jealous that I did not get to go to a Gracious Few show uh, because I was such a huge fan. I was living in South Jersey at the time, and I just don't think you guys toured around my area. Um, or if you did, I like missed it by a couple days or something because I would have yeah, told we played, we played somewhere in Jersey. And uh, what's what's where's the town where the Stone Pony is? Asbury Park. We played in Asbury Park, but not at the Stone Pony, some other venue that was... Like the Wonder Bar, totally small, and like friggin' ceiling was like touching my head when I was on the drum riser. It was stupid. Oh wow! But it was fun. It was like rocked it out. But yeah. Well, I was gonna say, what what do you like better? Do you like performing those big amphitheaters? Do you like the smaller, intimate shows? Like what what tickles your fancy? I like it all. Just I mean, it's cool to be really close to the people and get that get that energy. But then it's also cool to be in a gigantic venue with twenty thousand people singing their shit. Or yeah, that's, that's they're both equally as that's fun to me yeah yeah i could see that you get the intimacy where you get the large roar of the crowd but either way it's cool as hell no matter what yeah yeah i see that mm -hmm. yeah and john what was really cool about that that gracious few show even though it wasn't it was kind of thinly attended is they played through the the whole set two and a half hours the whole front porch version at the whole the whole thing um you know, with the same energy, if there was 20,000 people there, I mean, That's it was just, the, it was, yeah. you, you wouldn't be able to tell, you know? Um, so I thought that was just really, really cool. Just how, you know, and, and how cool for that. a fan to see that with just, you know, you and 15 other buddies to kind of see them rocking out as if there was, <laughs> you know, hundreds of people there or whatever. Yeah. I, I thought somebody screwed up the date or something. It was, it was, it was weird. Um, but it was it was crazy. Um, yeah, so did we. Definitely different, <laughs> different kinds of experience. Like a private show, I guess. <laughs> yeah, we pull in and be like, uh, "Yeah, you got sold fifteen tickets." We're like, "Fuck!" Wow. Okay, well, we're gonna fucking rock it out for these fifteen okay. motherfuckers. Here we go. It's not, it's not lack of how great the music was. It's just lack of people getting to know about it and hear it because. You hear that first song, what was your first thing? I think it was Honest Man uh, from The Gracious Few, which, mm. if people don't know, that was a song by Live called Believe uh, that you guys were messing around right before the 2009 hiatus. Yes. And then turned into Honest Man. And I got to say, dude, I like Honest Man better, which is not something that could come out of my mouth easily because, uh, again, Live was one of my favorite bands. So for me to say somebody took the music and wrote lyrics and sang over it better than the original four members. It happened. Well, I mean, we, Chad Patrick and I put that together and then ah. uh, sent it to Ed. And, you know, at that time, everything was going to shit anyway. And I think Ed just kind of half-assed it and said, yeah, yeah. here you go. Just to kind of like placate us. Right. And uh, I, I mean, I don't, I would, I would 
probably say, and he would probably agree with me if he was here, that he didn't put his best effort into that. Sure. <laughs> but, you know, that's cool. Let me ask you something, Chad. Uh, looking back, do you feel there were could have been ways to avoid kind of the 2009 hiatus? Like, did 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 live or did members of live just become too big for their own good? Like, cause it seems like for four childhood friends to grow up, there was a huge, huge lack of communication. And if there was communication, maybe it wasn't the right communication or, or, or something. Oh, absolutely. It was, we were dealing with, we still, we were dealing with each other as if we were still children, not as men. Right. And it, I mean, it, it's, it was a slow burn though, because the relationship with Chad and Ed was breaking down slowly over time because Chad was always going out and saying, Hey, I, I wrote, I wrote lightning crashes. I wrote, he's right. still doing it. I wrote lightning crashes. Yeah. I wrote, it's only drama. It's like, no, we all worked on it. Ed wrote the lyrics and melody given, you know, it's, and it's due. It is due. Like you can't go to on Rolling Stone or a radio thing and say, I wrote lightning crashes. That implies that you wrote the lyrics and melody, which right. Ed took obviously umbrage to it's like okay but it almost, know, i get it but it, at one point ed was like ed went to chad and like around around distance to here or maybe after before or after and said i don't want to write to your ideas anymore oh because he didn't want to have you're taking credit for the yeah. full idea yeah yeah and so that that destroyed their relationship and then and then that just sort of then started, you know, leaking itself. In. And that's that's when management even I don't know if they knew even about it, but that's when it. management should have been like, hey, let's nip this in the bud. Right. Right. So, yeah, you, you don't you don't only need a manager, but you need somebody who's not just the business side, but is kind of in the inner workings and knows what's going on with the band. Because, right. Yeah, that's what they, a lot of great bands have that you don't know about, like, you know, yes. You too had Paul McGinnis and you know all these all these all, like all those hair metal bands. I forget the guy who managed all of them. And he was like just a ball buster, and he he would take care of every aspect of it, like because he he knew you had to deal with the dynamics of the band, keep these four guys together because they're that's the magic, right? Make sure that's all like running smooth. Spears, you were live. You were a four piece band. It wasn't like we could pluck right. one out and that's live. No, this is the guys who started it. They're they're you know brothers from different mothers and shit like yeah. that so yeah and the management now the management you know it's got chris harden who's a perfectly nice guy but he he completely is all about it right right he managed ed during a solo thing and that's that's all he cares about is ed yeah keeping ed happy and that's the golden that's, goose yes and that, you know whatever that's that's his that's his bread and butter and i understand that but that's 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 what he does right right well, at some point, uh, like I said, I mean, who knows uh, if relationships have been burnt so bad, but I feel at some point, maybe bygones will be bygones and a, a three piece could get back together. Because if if you if we had Chad, Ed and Patrick and then fucking Zach Loy uh, on that on that lead guitar, man, I, I'll be honest, that's what I believe would be my favorite iteration of live, because mm -hmm. his guitar and sound is is uh, is steps above what i believe chad taylor could do physically now i don't know writing ability because you got to give it off to you got to give it off to chad taylor for coming up with these guitar parts and the sound it's absolutely legendary but when you look at it from a uh a musician standship you could just tell that zach lloyd has fucking studied this guitar in and out and knows everything about it and just really loves to play 
Yes. I mean, Zaga is an amazing musician. Um, but, I mean, I, I come from the school of where, where I, I'm, I taught myself how to play drums. I developed my own unique style doing that. And, I, you know, I give that to kind of Chad, too. And Zach has his own style, too. But, like, it, I don't know. I'm it's always generic. like, some, some, it's, it's generic because he knows so much. Right. He can, he can play anything, right? Yes. But because you can play anything, like you can, it's, it's like you kind of sanitize everything. I don't know. It's, it's, no, I totally get what I've always saying. looked at it like that, like, like a drummer that can play any fucking buddy's shit. It's like cool. You can do everything, but like it's sanitized. It's like, do you really feel what you're playing or are you just fucking, you know, going through the motions because I can do this? I can do this. I can play this. It's like, okay. Right. I don't know. That's that's my take on it. I'm not trying to, you know, ruffle anybody's feathers or, or disparage no, anybody. I completely but... see that, dude. I completely could see that too. Yeah. If you're a virtuoso and you could just pull any sound out at any time, you know, you might be, you know, going all over the place. Whereas if you could only kind of do so much and you're kind of developing your own little sound, like that's a unique thing rather than something, oh, we've heard that before, which there was a lot of unique shit coming out of your band. I mean, from from the songs to the music behind it to the lyrics, like you said, placenta falls to the floor. Where the fuck would you ever hear that in a right song? I think those those limitations is what makes you figure out a different way to do it, and then gives you a different sound. For me, drumming, like I, I would I'd like hear a fill and I go, well, I can't play it this way, but I can kind of do do it sort of yeah. like this, and it helps you develop. And it's for at least for me, my my own style of doing stuff. Yeah, so. which is hard to do. I mean, there's not many people like. Like Dave Matthews has developed his own style of guitar where he's actually coming up with chords that I've never even seen written down on, you know, music before. And that's kind of like what you're doing with the drums. You're coming up with some fills and some beats that like really haven't been done before. And if they have, they're done a little differently. And it's not it's not you you have your own sound, which is freaking cool to do, man. Thank you. And there's not many people that I talk to that that say that one of the best drummers coming out of the 90s is chad gracie and i mean not because it's one of my favorite bands but i just gotta agree man some of those beats are like wow dude that fits so perfect in that and you know just kudos dude i appreciate that i need to find more of those people <laughs> yeah john i think the best testament to that is probably there. there's a quote i think an old rolling stone article um back in the 90s when like you know obviously you know that genre was really just emerging you had like chad you had dave Grohl, you had um, uh, Matt Cameron and some of the other drummers of that era. Yep. And I think Neil Pert was was kind of reviewing them and quoting them all. And, and I think Neil's words were, and I'm probably going to get this a little bit wrong, so don't ever yell at me, but it was something to the effect that Chad Gracie plays the notes that you want to hear. And, you know, that always kind of stuck with me. It's like, you know, like, yeah, anybody can just, you know, um, just, just blow through something or just, you know, uh, try to try to uh, overplay something, but right. it was like, just, you know, just very, um, there's, there's, a, there's obviously a unique style to it. That's why I think it's, it's a, it's a language, right. And it speaks to people differently. So when, when people ask me, you know, who's your favorite drummer of the nineties? I mean, it's, it's, it's always a hundred percent of times going to be Chad. And like, Oh, really that guy, you know, because they're still used to the mainstreamers, you know, the Dave Grohl and stuff like that. But if you really sit down and listen to some, you know, even some of the, 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 you know, the songs that maybe aren't as popular or, some of the b-side stuff you're just like whoa like this you know it's, it's amazing stuff like so. pain bring up Dave starting off with a maraca in the yeah. left hand and oh then yeah. yeah what dude are you kidding me and like 
and I gotta say, dude, like like you were saying, Rich, with the backwards hat on, he looked cool as fuck back there, dude. Head down, just fucking <laughs> jamming it up, dude. I was like, well, what is this guy on? He's <laughs> I was growing out my hair. Out Everybody had back. backwards college hats on back then. Right. That's right exactly. Brown rim glasses. Absolutely. Yes. Well, so pictures from back in the day because everybody had that look oh yeah um so dave Grohl is funny we uh we play in voodoo i think it's voodoo fest or whatever in new orleans at 17 and we went out to dinner uh the night before the show we went to brennan's where they invented uh bananas foster which is one of my favorite desserts yummy and uh and taylor hawkins was sitting across the way we, we spotted him he was sitting there with like a big table and um I think it was probably Chad. It was like, send them a drink or pay for their bill or something like that. And Taylor came over and he's like, what's up, guys? So we started talking to him. And then and then he he was there with his family, cousins or whatever. And so he leaves. And then we're sitting at the table, finishing up drinks and dinner. And like somebody comes in and like puts their arms on or hands on my shoulders. is like, hey, fuckers. And we'll turn around. It's Dave Grohl. I was like, what's wow. up? So he, so he wow. sits down at the table. We have drinks with him. And then they kick us out of the restaurant and throw us into the bar, which is basically closing. And we're still doing shots and shit. And so we're nice. all drunk at this point. And Dave's Dave's talking to me. He's like, I learned every one of your parts on throwing copper. And I'm just sitting there going, ah, like, I, I fucking like could not voice to him how cool that was to have him say that to me. <laughs> well, dude, <laughs> it's, to be, it's amazing. He was the drummer for Nirvana. And then yeah. he was the fucking lead man for Foo Fighters. I mean, it don't get much fucking cooler than that. And then to get a compliment like that, that's like, yeah. Ah. Well, I mean, I've, his his playing on them Crooked Vultures record and then oh. the, the, the one Queen of the Stone Age record. I mean, yes. geez, Songs from the Deaf is it's so fucking badass. I love what he plays on those records. It's so cool. That's what I was saying. I mean, I brought this up to you and you were like, well, you know, I kind of like, you know, doing things on my own, man. But dude, you're so fucking awesome that i bet you a shit ton of bands would love for you to come and guest on a song or come fucking play uh you know a concert with them like you should really fucking start reaching out dude and showing people uh hey chad gracie is not for chad gracie's here to stay dude i could do it all from live to fucking gracious feuds or whatever man well if anybody's uh, watching let me know <laughs> yeah please ladies and gentlemen uh out there or even if you lend your hand let's get this to, guy back behind the kit for sure yeah even if you, I, I went to this uh, restaurant up in North Jersey uh, called the Roosevelt and they had this chick band. It was a duo. She does solo duo trio and I think a full band iteration, but this was the duo. My God, this chick can sing like nobody's business, dude. I was so infatuated with her. And then she kept talking about her wife at home because I was going to go try and mack it to her a little bit. But uh, <laughs> she's she turned out to be a lesbian. But, but dude, that voice. Was, by, you never know. Well, that's true, but she kept saying my wife at home, so I figured she was pretty well taken care of in that department, <laughs> you know? Um, you start mentioning wives and all that stuff, I'm out. If she Done. said my girlfriend at home, I would be like, oh, you want a third to join? Uh, but, you know, wife, I don't want to <laughs> partake in There's that. lots of swinger couples out there. You never know. <laughs> you never know. Yes, yeah, so Sandy Stone, if you're listening and your wife wants them, I'll join you for sure. Uh, but anybody out there, seriously, check them out, Sandy Stone. And, um, I, I think that would be cool. Like, if you, if some independent artist that tickled your fancy and you played with them, it'd give them some notoriety, show your chops off. I mean, there's so many things nowadays with people doing shit independently and, like, you know, what could go viral, what, what doesn't, and stuff like that. There's, there's just 
the more shit you throw out there, the more stuff sticks to the wall, as they say. True, true. It is true. Hey, like I said, anybody wants to give me a ring, let me know. Yeah, hit him up Put on in the Insta. comments, comments, <laughs> Facebook, Insta, wherever. He uh, he's good at responding, which is which is good, uh, which is cool. How's uh, Mister Hines? Is he is he anywhere near you? Oh yeah, he's he's here. I'm in I'm in at the building in York right now, so he's here. The studio at two ten. Yeah, studio tell two ten. Tell Bill I said hello. I hate that he gets such a bad rap because he's such a cool dude and down to earth. And uh, it's it's pretty amazing. It's like a freaking witch hunt around here for him. But yeah, whatever. Yeah, he will persevere. It's, it's just ridiculous that somebody's personal life gets wrapped up in band drama when you know he was a huge part of you guys kind of getting back together after the 2009 hiatus but he i don't know it was yeah it wasn't uh over a beer between chad and ed as they say but yeah, that, uh, that didn't even happen that was complete horseshit too we all met it we all went to dinner at the at the same time right we're gonna dive into that on future episodes but uh so that's just for you out there listening uh something to pique your interest but well, it's, somebody has made Bill the ultimate boogeyman, and they have to continue that, uh, you know, that that narrative until the bitter end. So, and then well, we'll otherwise, end. Yeah. otherwise, the whole house of cards falls real quick on that one person. So, yeah, he's mm-hmm. got to keep that up for now. But eventually, yeah. it all comes out, dude. It is the 21st century. Everything's fucking documented, recorded, this, that, and the other. So, be ready, buddy. Be yeah. Ready. Rich, Rich, is, Rich is helping me out on that. Rich is a. Uh, but are you what are you CPA? But I know you're the CFO of a company. But are you CPA or what? What is your official accounting, Mister? Yes, a, C, a CPA by trade. Yeah. Um, that's you know that's that's where I spent the majority of my career. First twenty years of my career was in public accounting and consulting, and um, done a lot of business valuation work and um, have other designations in valuation and financial forensics. So um, that's where I spent the the first part of my career. Now I'm a CFO of a regional. Uh, engineering firm in the northeast and you can um, plug them you can plug them go ahead file. please please i can i can, <laughs> I can plug barton and let well what's, right. what's interesting about our firm maybe they can be a sponsor part of it <laughs> exactly so <laughs> there you go hey rich. So look us up barton rich can you because i know cfo chief financial officer i believe what is a cpa is that uh what is what are those stand for so cer- certified public accountant so ah. it's you know, you basically it's, it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's an accounting degree. And then, you know, you got to take an exam and, you know, have experience requirements. So it's a professional license. Gotcha. Um, administered by the state. So, um, I've been a, a CPA for a, a long time. Um, and then, you know, with, within that profession, there's a lot of other, um, different areas you can, you can practice in my practice. I actually was in the, in the tax practice for a long time at, uh, my former firm, Danable McKee um with is a tax partner there for 10 years and then is that a boring yeah, yeah. It, it depends if you're if you're like a rock star yeah taxes are probably boring yeah um rich loves it i then you know it pays the bills yeah i do i kind of geek out over it um trying to find you holes and all that good stuff so you could figure out how to save the most money pay the least taxes that's what we're doing yeah yes. i mean my my theory there john was that pigs get fat and hogs get slaughtered so Perfect. Um, I used to make a living in the gray area, you know, but, um, you know, you got to be able to support your positions and can't be egregious and, you know, uh, try to 
to obfuscate, you know, tax positions and, and filings with with the IRS and so forth. So, yeah, word of the day: obfuscate. He got it in. Yes, good job. Yes, I got it. Obfuscate. <laughs> you owe me a beer. <laughs> you sound way too educated to be on this program, man. I'm like a slow adult, and I'm over here talking to a certified uh, okay. public. <laughs> That's okay. Well, you know what? There, there's always one thing I've been I've been wanting to ask Chad is is if is if live doesn't happen, right? What would you be doing professionally right now? Do you think? I was very interested in medicine. Back. Live doesn't happen if music doesn't happen. Like yeah. where where do you think? Right? You might have been a CPA for all I know. You're 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 a smart dude. Like you you uh, get this stuff pretty quick. I was well. Thank you. I appreciate it. I was very interested in medicine back in like high school. Yeah. So. He could have been a doctor for fucking. You know, imagine that. Like, you don't know. So all of a sudden, you're going to a doctor, and it could have been fucking Chad Gracie on drums. Can you imagine if life took that turn, uh, and you were a doctor, and we didn't get to hear this fucking great beats that you came up with? Wow, the world is a wacky place, man. That that could happen. Uh, yeah, it's crazy how all you know how life works and all those things come together. Yeah, wow. well, thank God you guys. He has life saving skills. We we know this. We do know, we know that. this. That's right. And we're going to have. Know how, I do know how to do CPR. That's for sure. I figured it out. Uh, is it true you want to practice mouth to mouth on me, Chad? That's what I've been hearing from uh, from the audience. Did I tell this story? when <laughs> I was, So, you know, George is a 67 year old guy and he, you know, obviously goes down in front of me and and uh, I called 911 immediately. I knew he's obviously in distress. And at first I thought he was having a seizure based on just like the weird breathing and stuff that was going on. But call 911. We determined he's probably having a heart attack. So he's like, start CPR. Like, great. So I'm doing chest compressions. And I think nowadays the Red Cross has said, don't worry about breathing. Just do chest compressions. That is the main thing. So, and I'm thinking that. So I'm doing the chest compressions. Wow. And uh, the 911 operator is like, well, we're going to have you do some, uh, you know, some mouth to mouth. And I'm just like, oh, fuck you. Are you serious? Wow. Like, I don't yeah. want to do this to him. Because he's like, at this point, he's like spittle and shit coming out of his mouth. And it's like, <laughs> so, so I do. <laughs> I'm supposed to do two breaths. I do one breath and I'm just like, gagging. <laughs> oh, yeah. And so he's like, okay, chest compressions. And we're counting. And he's like, okay, do it again. I'm like, oh, my God. So I do wow. it again. The third time I did it, after that, I started just going, yeah, I'm doing it. <laughs> and, now, and now I'm thinking in my head, I'm like, if if George dies because I didn't give him mouth to mouth anymore, I'm going to be feel a little guilty here. But I can't fucking do I couldn't do it anymore. I was just, Physically, I was yeah, you're like vomiting like in your up. mouth. I was like, I'm just doing chest compressions from here until EMS gets here. So. <laughs> Rock. And I told George this. He knows. You know, yeah. I almost, uh, you know, gave up on him, but. I didn't stop they, chest compressions. They do make like a barrier that you could put in your mouth that's got some kind of thing. And it's like almost oh, yeah. like a tube type deal you could put in to do well, that. I'll have to carry one of those around. If you're hanging out with George, <laughs> make sure you have that in your back pocket. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I was. Uh, I think George still hurts from the chest compressions the last I, last I knew. Yeah. He's I heard just you getting over that. He's just getting over that. <laughs> Chad, I heard you were actually playing the beat to I alone during that time on his chest, trying to get him back to life. Well, what I figured out was I was going too fast. So the the uh, uh, the normal one operator was like, slow down. Time. Yeah, you got to slow down. Just use this count. He was giving me the count. I was like, okay, I got the count. Yep. So, 
Sounds Gino. like the ladies to me. Slow down a little bit here. Let's take this one notch at a time. That's right. <laughs> uh, uh, Rich, good rhythm, but slow down. Right, right. Rich, <laughs> anything else for the audience, man? It's been uh, a pleasure speaking to you. It's been cool hearing some of these uh, background stories and how you guys met and stuff. Anything else you want to let this audience know? No, hey, uh, thanks so much for having me and uh, look forward to, to future shows and obviously see where where things continue to, to unfold with, with Chad and everybody and, you know, wish everybody well. And um, yeah, again, I appreciate you guys having me on. Absolutely, dude. It was Thank hard. you, Rich. Appreciate it, bud. Thanks. Good to hear your voice, okay. man. Take care. Uh, you have a, you have right. a, you have the number now you have an open invite. We will definitely have you on again, man. Talk about some other stuff. Take care. Sounds like a plan. Fellas. Thanks so much. Yes. See ya. All right. Mr. Richard Maxwell, right? Was that the last name Maxwell? That's correct. Yep. So this episode has been a treat for live fans out there, and I'm going to be promoting it that way. There was a lot of inside information, so to speak, uh, about some inner workings of the band and all that stuff. So it, it was cool to be a part of, and I'm sure it's going to be cool for uh, the fans of live freaks for live to hear. Uh, I'm going to all- try to uh, set it up next week. I have a, a old buddy named Joe Shuto who was around during like the public affection days. And he was, Oh, kind of our our hype man he would go on stage before us and like get the crowd all hyped up and nice he has some he has some good old stories too back back in the day before we were even live while we were still public affection so yeah that'll be definitely cool uh and we could do it uh if if they want to call in we could even send them part of the zoom link if they wanted to come in that way whatever's easier for 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 them but yeah um, maybe we'll do it that way the next time sure i'll talk to joe see if he wants to do it next week we'll see this way, because maybe it's easier to get visual cues to know when to shut my mouth and all that stuff. I, I could blab over anybody if, uh, as you could tell out there. Well, there's a bit of, I think it was a bit of a delay, but yeah, it's all good. Man. Yeah, that's uh, definitely the delay doesn't help for sure. We'll do uh, the Zoom next time. Cool. And uh, we didn't get to use him, but we do have our producer, internet search dude. Uh, he was lying in the background this whole episode. Rob Bob. He was sending some chats through. Yes. Thank you, Bobby. Yes. He let us know that we were talking, or I think Chad was talking about Tom Hullett was the manager that he was referring to at that point. Uh, but yeah, we will so. utilize him more and more as we go. Anything you want to say to the audience there, Mr. Grace A? Thanks again for tuning in and watching. And uh, we'll do we'll keep keep on doing the show and having fun. And check me out at uh, the Chad Gracie on Instagram. And that's kind of my main social. And check out my YouTube channel. If you want to see me playing drums, it's a yes. multi-angle views of me playing along to the songs. Those and are dope, dude. Thank you. I Those gotta do. Dope. I gotta. I gotta do more of them. I gotta get the team back in here and crank I out agree. a few more. Those are cool to see, and especially as an instructional video for somebody who wants to play some of your music, that's got to be so beneficial to them. Yeah, that's kind of why I did it. I wanted to, wanted like I as a fan would love to see Dave Grohl from multi-angles playing you know, like Nirvana stuff right. or. Queens of the Stone Age or whatever, like would be yeah. cool to see, or Matt Cameron or anybody that I like, Eric Kress. So it's kind of kind of the what I was thinking when I put started putting together. Yeah, dude, that was a great idea. I mean, it was uh, definitely cool to see. You know, you hear it and you're like, I wonder what's kind of going on back there, and then you see, you're like, Whoa, there's a lot going on that I had no idea about. <laughs> there you go, exactly. And it keeps you in shape too, right? Plugging away behind those drums keeps you freaking. Yeah, I just I played a couple of days ago. I played like four songs. I'm like, wow, okay. I'm sore. 
take a little break here. <laughs> well, I'd have Lake- to get. I'd have to uh, play for. I have to practice for a while just to get into shape to go out and play with that again if I got the call. So we'll see. Oh, yeah. And I'm sure you can get into shape real quick. If not, I know a steroid guy that could get you going. HGH, you know, some testosterone, whatever you need, buddy. Well, that I mean, that stuff. I take supplements for HGH and, and testosterone. I don't take the, the injectable stuff, but like oh, do the real stuff. It's still. Oh, I know I need to get on it, but it's still uh, you still have to just do it, to, it to, work. to get in yeah. shape for it. Yeah. Yep. You still got to put in the work. It just gives you a little edge to it. And mm-hmm. as age, you know, you kind of need a little bit, you know, kind of whatever you can oh, yeah. get out there. Absolutely. Uh, I'm still searching for the fountain of youth and it is not cocaine, ladies and gentlemen. I'll let you know that right now. Oh, the fountain of youth for men is fucking testosterone injections. Yeah. If you can get them. I had those during my recovery from my elbow. I was on a testosterone and GRC, testosterone replacement therapy. It's a thing. Yes. People look at like, you need bioidentical, not the shit that you can get online. You need right. Stuff. Right. Yeah. yeah you got to know anyway. where you're getting it from. Anywho, yes. that's a topic for next week. <laughs> I yes. want to say thank you for listening. We are the gracious to putting the shit in bullshit. Oh, Peace. Yes.